Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining your DBP host for our episode called Have a Healthy Heart. Just seems so endearing, so sweet. Yes, well, it is February, and that's American Heart Month. Mm-hmm. So what better time to be drinking to our health, our cardiac health, than <laughs> now? Than now, exactly. There's hearts everywhere, and so we can talk about all the hearts that are on the walls and the windows and advertisements yes. and stuff like that, but we're going to talk today, instead of those really pretty things, we're going to talk about the thing that doesn't actually look like the shape of the heart that we know. Our actual hearts inside of our bodies. Yep. So this is a different heart month, not Valentine's Day, Um, but, you know, it all goes together. So today, okay, you guys might remember, we've talked about this a while ago, but Sarah I mean, I'm just going to start opening. Please start to open because we've been like anticipating this for weeks and months, actually. So Sarah went to this Alexana winery in Oregon a few years ago and was like, oh my God, this is so good. And she was just like, Jamie, you have to try this wine. So I think that we had talked about it a while ago that she had ordered a bunch of wine off of wine.com, including a couple bottles of this because you can't normally get it. They don't sell it outside of It's really hard to find. This is Alexana. It's their Pinot, mm-hmm. and it's actually their uh, 10th anniversary edition. Yeah. So um, it's a 2015. It's their Terroir series. Now, when I was there, I definitely had their Pinots, and I had a red blend. I think I brought home the red blend, but I can't remember. But obviously, Oregon's known for Pinot, oh, and that's what we're my favorite today. Pinot. So um, the reason that this pairs so well with this episode be- is because... This winery, Alexana, is started by a cardiologist. I think that is so cool. So we are going to use a little aerator on this one. The rabbit aerator is the one that I have. I can't wait. So It seems really weird to say, but like, I need this glass of wine. Yeah, well, you know. For its health benefits. For its health benefits. I mean, that's why. Like, let's be honest. I mean, not because of any other reason. Not because of any other reason, no. Yeah, so Alexana is in, it's actually in Dundee, Oregon, which is in the Willamette Valley. So I'd say it's probably like an hour outside of Portland. Yeah. Uh, For those who are kind of unfamiliar with the area, I know when I went out there a few months ago, we drove by this. I did not have an opportunity to go to Alexana. I was very sad. But, you know, you can only fit so many wineries in in a day. So, cheers. cheers. It smells delicious. I haven't even tasted it yet. But it's divine. So, this was actually the first winery that I went to in Oregon. And it ended up being my favorite. It's a beautiful place. It's weird because, you know, in Napa, like, we know that the wineries are, like, on top of each other. Mm-hmm. In Oregon, they're they're, far, yeah. they're further apart, but they're actually not that far. But you do have to drive, like, maybe, you know, five to ten minutes in between several of them yeah. once you get to that area. So this is a really lovely wine. We've talked so much about Pinot Noir, so we're not going to spend any time nope. on that. Um, but this was... I think it was like 38 bucks on wine.com. I know yeah. I saw it listed for 34 through um, Wine Enthusiast. 
And their wine is, is typically more expensive than that. The proprietor or founder, Jamie, you've been practicing saying his name, our cardiologist friend. Okay. I've been trying to look it up for the life of me, and I can't freaking find a way to say it. So, Madea, Madea, Madaya. <laughs> I'm not sure, and I apologize because I wish that I knew how to pronounce it. I tried looking at YouTube videos and any promotional things that they had, but they just refer to him as Dr. Ivana, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. But he is, as Sarah said, a cardiologist uh, who grew up in India, who is from a generation of farmers. So he came to the U.S. and, you know, began practicing, but he was also, in addition to practicing cardiology, he was introduced to fine wines by friends, and that is where he or got bit by the bug yeah. um, of good wine, specifically first growth Bordeaux, oh. and then after that, he was so obsessed with Napa Valley cabs, which makes sense, like Bordeaux, cab, like is a very big grape uh, for a number of popular Bordeaux regions. And then Burgundy. And Burgundy, as we know, is Pinot when we're talking about a red wine. So Burgundy and then transferring over to Oregon. And what we learned is that they actually, Dr. Ravana actually has vineyards both in Oregon and in St. Helena in Napa Valley. So he kind of gets to, you know, dip his toes in both of the areas that he loves because they grow a lot of cab up in their St. Helena vineyard and they grow uh, Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, and I think Chardonnay, if I'm not mistaken, um, down at the Willamette site. Willamette, damn it. Damn it. The name Alexana is actually, his daughter is named after his daughter Alexandra, or Alexandra, and then mm-hmm. Ravana, his last name, so Alexana. I love and it. And then, yeah. And then they also use sustainable farming methods and cover crops. So again, that sort of means that they don't use a lot of pesticides. Uh, they use the cover crops in order to kind of get rid of those rodents and things like that. And then the majority of the vineyards in Oregon are actually live certified and are live certified, whichever you want to say. And I think that we talked a little bit about that a few months ago in an episode where it is really focused on ensuring that the climate, the ecosystem around your vineyard site can actually thrive. It, they're not being damaged and, you know, un- there are no unintended consequences or they're extremely limited. So, yeah. Which, I'm so sorry, I have to mention this because I don't know, Sarah, did you what? hear about the Rodney Strong situation? No. What? I didn't. Okay. Tell me. I'm going to pause for a minute before we get to our heart healthy stuff and just say that my heart is broken, as are many people's in the wine industry, because Rodney Strong, which is a very you know prominent, well-known um, winery and wine group, they actually had a huge vessel that was, I think it was storing, I don't know if it was, um, I don't think it was fermenting any longer, but it was um, aging some wines and there was a leak and it busted open and 97 million bottles equivalent of wine went out into the creek and that creek feeds into a river. I believe it's the Russian River. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, it's definitely been brushed underneath the rug, which is really unfortunate because it's such a big name. And actually, some people are arguing like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. But it is ruining the ecosystem out there. I actually think I did read something about wine and a spill, but yeah. I didn't realize it was Rodney Strong. I mean, the equivalent of an oil spill, maybe, in wine country. My God. 
Okay, sorry, just had to share that tidbit because my heart is broken over that. But hopefully Alexana can make our hearts mend and teach us some good things. So uh, just a note too, this is 14.7% ABV. Oh, good to know. So a little bit on the higher side for a Pinot. Yeah. Um, But uh, you're supposed to drink this until 2023. So we are right there in the middle between 2015 and 2023. So I'm happy with that. It's good planning. Um, good planning on our yep. part. <laughs> uh, it is young, soft, smooth, and accessible. That sounds that sounds so shady. That sounds a <laughs> little racy. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, um, it's appropriate for Valentine's Day month, right? Exactly. There we go. Young, soft, smooth, and accessible. Oh, God, stop it. Sounds like, sounds a, like a Tinder, <laughs> like a Tinder <laughs> app or ad or something like that. Jesus. Oh. We can talk about the winemaker's notes, tasting notes a little bit later. Yeah, let's hold. But what are your first impressions here? Oh, poop. I just put chocolate in my mouth. So. Oh, well, that's not a bad thing. Never apologize for that. No, and actually, I decided to bring along some chocolates that we just picked up at a wine and chocolate pairing. <clears throat> Cherry balsamic rosemary truffle. Yeah. Oh. And we had it with something different, but as we were eating it, we were both like, this, this would, would go be good on. with Pinot. Exactly. And I do have a raspberry dark chocolate, but Jamie doesn't like raspberries. So, <laughs> so that's all you, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my initial my initial thoughts. You do get a lot of those, I'd say, more like the red fruits. Like, I feel like I have cherry, but it's not like a... Um, it's more like a... I don't want to say tart because I think that's the wrong word. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a full voluptuous cherry. Like there's something. <laughs> I love the words we're using today. Voluptuous. Sorry. Smooth. Supple. <laughs> we did not say supple. You just pulled that. I know I did. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it in there. Oh shit. For good so, measure. So um yeah okay so I'm getting those cherries. I am gonna say it's perhaps mixed with a little bit of cranberry on the nose, but I do tend to get a little bit more of an herbaceous like a thyme or something like that characteristic. Uh, it's not, it's definitely not oregano, but thyme, maybe rosemary. You are better with the spices than I am, I think. Then when I eat this chocolate, like the cherry really brings it out. The cherry brings it out. Yep. And I feel like it's just a hint of balsamic, but it makes it especially more, like that much more savory. I like this. This is certainly a medium body Pinot. It is a medium body Pinot. I know you enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of let it, open and talk about that a little bit later but I think there's more spice to this than normal maybe that's a you look happy right now (laughs) I am I have a happy heart (laughs) so um but yeah I agree with you about the red fruit and the you know it's almost like a like a tart a tartar type of cherry yes but it's not like tart like ooh ah this is gross I can't eat it it's a good tart and it's that's why I feel like I have to combine it a little bit with the cranberry side because I feel like that is more easily understood. Like if you have like a dried cranberry mm-hmm. type of deal. But this doesn't taste like dried fruit. But I'm just saying like yeah, it, yeah. as opposed to if you burst, you know, a juicy tart ch- cranberry in your mouth like around Thanksgiving. That's not this either. We'll All keep right. on drinking this. and um, Of course we will. Yeah. But February 7th is actually National Wear Red Day for Go Red for Women. For American yes. Heart Month. Can you tell us a little bit more about kind of like why this is important in general? 
Yeah, so American Heart Month, I mean, listen, everybody thinks about cancer as being one of the biggest killers. And not that it isn't, and not to, I mean, cancer is an awful disease. Absolutely. But heart disease is actually the leading cause of death for men, women, and pretty much people of all races and ethnicities in the United States. So one person dies every 37 seconds in the U.S. from cardiovascular disease. Unbelievable. Yes. And what, I'm sorry, but for, you know, sort of my own advocation, but for our listeners too, like cardiovascular disease means means what? Like, can you give us a few examples? Heart attacks. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. Yep. Like blockages in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like heart failure. Mm-hmm. A stroke is not necessarily a heart disease, but it can be a result of heart disease. Okay. So that's good to know. A good distinction because like if you mm-hmm. are, you know, have cardiovascular disease, you might be more prone to having a stroke later. Yep. Sure. So coronary artery disease is the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a weak heart, heart failure, coronary artery disease can lead to heart failure. So I'm very passionate about this. I've worked in this field for a long time. Yes. Uh, so I am very passionate about heart disease. Sarah could speak um, volumes about this. I mean, we could go on and on and on and yeah. on. And we could take this through a lot of different, you know, channels and yeah, focus We're, we're going to try and keep it to the basics today. We're, we're trying to be very streamlined. And so we're not going to cover absolutely everything, but we're going to talk about some really salient points, I yep. think, for our listeners and for ourselves and talk about the importance for women too. Yeah. So one in every four deaths is due to heart disease. And about half of Americans have at least one of the three risk factors for heart disease, like the big risk factors. There's some, I mean, there's smaller ones, but the big, the big things that keep you at risk are high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and smoking. I, so one is very preventable right there. Oh, certainly. I mean, like, they're all, right off they're, the bat. Blood pressure and cholesterol, you can have a genetic component for that. But Okay. Some of it's preventable, but for sure, smoking, we know that's a choice. Nobody's born with a cigarette in their hand, at least that we are aware of. We've never heard of that medical condition. Yeah, so... But... So you said high blood pressure and high cholesterol can both be genetic. So it's something that, you know, if you have a lot of people in your family history who have high blood pressure or high cholesterol, there may be something genetically that kind of lends your family to that? Yeah, there can. Now, that's not to say that your lifestyle can't contribute to those or be the cause of it. So Mm -hmm. you might have a genetic component and your lifestyle might be great and you might just have that, that gene where your blood pressure is always high. Then, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have to control your lifestyle factors, maybe on medication. Mm-hmm. However, in, in a lot of cases, a lot of lifestyle factors contribute to high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Being overweight, for example, is something that can lead to both high blood pressure oh, and yeah. high cholesterol. Um, your diet. So when you think about blood pressure, we're thinking about like trying to keep your diet low in sodium. That makes sense to me. Do you know, Jamie, what foods might be oh, high in shit. sodium? No. Where are there <laughs> sit it, hidden, hidden sodium? High sodium. Don't shrimp have high sodium levels? So shrimp actually Sorry. has high cholesterol. Oh, high cholesterol. Okay. Okay. Um, high in salt. I would expect some cheeses would be high in salt. Um, wow, you're putting me on the spot here. And I'm, I mean... So think about cured meats. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Think about like, what is a very easy way to make food? A very easy, accessible way. Anything that's processed. You might need pro- anything processed mm-hmm. for sure. And then something you might need a device to open. Oh, like canned soups yeah. and stuff like, oh my God, canned soups have absurd amounts of sodium. If you guys ever look at the nutritional facts of a can of soup, oh, I'm trying to think of a good one and maybe I shouldn't mention it. It's usually it. like, but like the big hearty, like the bold stews or whatever. It's like 200% your daily dosage. And that's in like a serving. And you know that there's like, like two Campbell, or three Campbell's in chicken it. noodle, for example, which is delicious. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, but. don't get me wrong. But they also now, as we can all see on the shelves, they all sell low fat, low sodium. Right. But the low versions. sodium versions still have a lot of sodium. Sure. But yeah, my point is that. And you were saying, like, you know, making those modifications and, like, seeing, you know, being conscious of what you're doing. Like, I guess if you loved Campbell's Chicken Soup, maybe you should get Campbell's Chicken Soup low sodium as a way to start to cut back on these things. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... Where... Are there other, like, hidden... Hidden sodium... Yeah, so, like, a lot of seasonings have sodium in there. Mm, Oh, yeah. So, like, a lot of your, like, all spices and, like... Just all these different like my Trader see- Joe's everything but the bagel. That has oh, a lot of salt. But it's it, yeah. so fucking. But good. like this, there's a lot of seasonings that if you don't, if it's not just like straight rosemary, or whatever, have salt in it, and so like that's why Mrs. Dash is. Oh my god, <laughs> I literally didn't think about it because Dash is a diet that yeah. is recommended. Yeah. Especially for high blood pressure patients with high blood pressure. Right. And so I legitimately did not. Oh my god. Literally didn't think about the Mrs. Dash thing, um, but basically, so Mrs. Dash, Mrs. Dash is not the only one that will sell like no sodium included in the seasoning blends. You can go to I know that even up here we have the Spice House, and I know that that's also in Chicago. But there are other places where you can get no or low sodium uh, seasoning packets and or seasoning. Um, mixes and things like that yeah. and so it's like you're still getting the same other ingredients in the mix it's just le- low sodium like lesser sodium or none at all yeah. which when you think about it do we really absolutely have to have all this extra sodium well it's just in a lot of stuff so you ask the question what else is it in so it's also in things like not just canned soup anything cans like you think you're getting a good canned vegetable you better check that sodium really uh yes Oh, shoot. Yeah. I mean, if you have high blood pressure. Okay. It doesn't mean everybody needs to avoid this. But, you know, if you if you're have high blood pressure, definitely be looking at that. Or any form of heart disease, honestly. So, like, sausages is another big yep, one. Yeah, Hot dogs. Like, anything processed, like you mentioned. Um, anchovies. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Those frozen meals, frozen pizzas, frozen burritos. Frozen, any like any of those processed frozen foods, for the most part, have a good amount of sodium. Basically, anything that is not make it yourself, anything that you can't physically just put together and throw whip up like a in a pot or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all about, and we'll kind of get to this more when we talk about cholesterol. But just to kind of focus on the sodium thing, like it is a lot of processed stuff, fast food, even your salted nuts. Mm-hmm. But like the things that people don't think about are like those canned vegetables right. and like. Those frozen meals. Like, people are like, oh, I'm getting lean cuisine that they has to be healthy, great. but look at the back. Look how much sodium is in there. Well, and that's the other thing. I'm glad that you raised this, but I think that we could also kind of 
you know, reserve more of this conversation um, until later, but you want to make good choices, right? And so let's say that you don't know how to cook that well and you want to have those frozen meals. You think you're making a good exchange and a good replacement in your diet by going for that lean cuisine or smart, smart ones or smart choices or... I don't know what the other ones are off the top of my head. I can't remember. Healthy choice even. Yeah. But the thing is that a lot of times when they cut that fat out, they replace it with something else. And so you could find it in sugars or you could find it in sodium. You could find it in other things in other ways. It's just not in the fat. And so I think that, again, what I believe what you're describing is kind of having a healthy dose of reality and, you know, just being... Taking a little bit, paying a little bit closer attention to kind of what is in there when we're, when you're going to go about eating this. Because you could certainly maybe choose one of those meals, but also cut sodium out in other areas. Yeah, and again, this is like people who have high blood pressure. So, yeah. you know, if you don't have blood pressure problems, I think you're fine. But I, I suppose I should, I should also go on the record so, and say that I'm not a medical person and I should not be giving any sort of nutritional advice. So, yeah, <laughs> this is... Always this consult is, with your doctor. Yeah, consult with your doctor. These are the opinions of DBP. <laughs> Sorry. Um, in terms of blood pressure, though, you can't feel high blood pressure. So, like, when you talk about go red, yeah. G is get your numbers. So get your blood pressure and your cholesterol checked. And Where can you do that? How can you do that? So you should get it done at your doctor's office, but if you just want it quick and dirty... You can go, a lot of pharmacies have those machines yep. that you can go to. Now, it's not the most accurate, but they, they give you a pretty good rough estimate. And that's like where you can just sit down, shove your arm in, push yep. the button. The other thing is that they do sell at home blood pressure kits. Yeah, and right? those are actually, as long as you're doing it right, those are pretty pretty consistently, I mean, they're pretty they're reliable. Yeah, reliable. Okay. So, again, get your numbers, get your blood pressure checked. Now, cholesterol is something that I, the only reason I ever got cholesterol checked is because one of my former employers, they did it for all of Mm -hmm, the employees. mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I've never done that before. Maybe I should check. And to be honest, I was surprised. My good cholesterol was low. And I was like, what do I, what can I do for that? But we're talking about high cholesterol overall and like triglyceride stuff. So high cholesterol, the, the number that people really focus on, is yes, end. it's your overall, but it's your bad cholesterol, your LDL. LDL. Yeah. So your low-density lipoprotein. Okay. HDL, your high-density lipoprotein, it's your good cholesterol. So you want the good cholesterol high, and you want the low cholesterol, or the, the uh, bad cholesterol low. So, so L, you want low, H, you want high. Exactly. Okay. All right. Good for you. I like that. Yeah. So it should um, make it easy to remember, theoretically. Now again, a lot genes have a lot to do with cholesterol. There are some genetic um, you know, diseases that cause people to have just high cholesterol. Yeah. Um, and so they're you know, they're working on kind of discovering who's who in that in that whole thing. But you can do things to help your cholesterol. Okay. So like what? Well, you know, for keeping your good cholesterol high it's actually really hard that's a genetic thing but exercise yes this is what sean told me yep exercise is probably one of the biggest things eating things that are high in like omega-3s so like okay your your fish your salmon you know your olive oil your nuts your avocado taking omega-3s too right 
that maybe could help theoretically or not quite as it depends on the form okay okay so you know i would talk to your doctor about that okay if you are wanting to take omega-3s because not all of them not every omega-3 is equal yeah okay and then as far as your bath cholesterol a lot has to do with like the amount of saturated fat that you eat in your Mm -hmm. diet fast food fast food but other things are like people hate to hear this but like the red meats (laughs) i thought you were gonna go straight up and say bacon right away yeah. The red meats, the processed meats especially. Now, there's a big controversy on really? well, what if it's like like you're hunting your own game and you're getting the meat from, you know... Like when we talked to Adam. The nature, yes. Right, yeah. How you are getting your own meat and it's not going through a processed plant, it's not farmed, it's wild and all that jazz. Right? Exactly. So, there is controversy on that, but... Like whether like, that is actually better than the stuff that you can pick up at the store no whether like we know that red meat is high like steak like cow is high in saturated fat okay. but like and that has led to certain forms of heart disease but as far as like the actual link between meat and heart oh, disease okay we ha- no one's quite figured that out okay so there's a lot of push towards plant-based for cardiovascular health okay think we're still in the weeds with that the only diet that's ever been proven to have a good impact on cardiovascular health is the mediterranean diet okay which i i guess i didn't really know that i mean i'm sure that i've heard that in the past but like that did not come to mind like if somebody asked me that question i wouldn't be like mediterranean diet Mm -hmm. yeah which is what high in nuts olive oil that your unsaturated fats does have like a lot of good fish fish yep does have meats, but not a lot of red meats. Anyway. So is that what you would say goes under, I mean, you mentioned the G for go red, but the O is called, is, stands for own your lifestyle. Yeah, but you know, we're talking about all this stuff. Really, it comes down to like some very basic things too. Yeah. Like it's not an all or nothing kind of deal. No. If you smoke, you need to stop smoking. So O is own your own lifestyle, like you said. Stop smoking. If you're overweight, you need to lose weight. Usually through exercise. Exercise is going to help everything, no matter what. It's going to help your cholesterol. It's going to help your blood pressure. It's going to help your heart muscle. It's it seems a little counterintuitive, I will say. Like, what, like for someone who doesn't actually, I mean, I, I work out. But I'm just saying, like, if there was someone who doesn't work out who is, like, listening to you, they'd be like, well, but my heart rate goes through the roof, like, every time I even, like, remotely exert myself. So why would I want to go do that? Because isn't that just bad? But no, it you actually has long-term it has long-term health benefits. So yep. yeah. Yeah, and again, you got to talk to your doctor to figure out the best What's exercise right for plan for yeah. you. The other thing is is I don't think people make this connection, but diabetes, uh-huh, is a huge risk factor for heart disease. So if you have diabetes, obviously if you have type 1, you can't you're born with it, you can't do anything about it. But type 2 diabetes is the kind that develops later in life. Can you get rid of type 2 diabetes? Sometimes, yes. Okay. Through lifestyle changes, losing weight, things like that. Sometimes, no. I mean, it's, again, genetics. Okay. Depends. Okay. But if you have diabetes, working to control your diabetes actually helps your heart health. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things that we were saying before about changing the lifestyle are those that I recall are part of, like, diabetes prevention programs and things like that. Or, you know. Once you find mm-hmm. out that you have it, mm-hmm. what you can do. 
So the one sentiment that I like, which is taken off of like the Go Red website, is it's this O, this own your lifestyle. It's it's up to you. And nobody can do it for you. I mean, that's like the honest to God truth. People can tell you what you should do and advise you till they're blue in the face, but they cannot physically move your body for you, change your diet unless they are force feeding you what they want to force feed you, which realistically, that's not happening. And so that I think it's the most empowering statement here is that it's all up to you in your longevity, your life is in your own hands. And I think yeah. a lot of people just try to be like, oh, but it won't happen to me. But it certainly can. Mm-hmm. And we need well, to be conscious of that. And I think, so realize your risk, mm-hmm. um, which is R. Like, so there's a vast difference between men and women. Okay. And the, the they call it like the gender gap with heart attacks. So we, I think when you typically think of a heart attack, you think of guy. You usually think of like a really overweight, sweaty yeah. man. Yes. Yes. And it is true that heart attacks are more common in men at younger ages. But isn't it also, oh, in younger ages, isn't it yeah. also true though that women's heart attack symptoms are different than men's heart attack symptoms? Yes. And we'll get to that. But okay. at younger ages, men have a greater risk of heart disease and heart attacks. For women, the average age of the first heart attack is 72. Wow. And they think that potentially, like, hormones have a protective factor in women. And so once they hit menopause, Post-menopause. Okay. potentially after they have a higher risk, men have notoriously have more unhealthy habits, like smoking and such. Maybe that's to blame. But Beer is just not as healthy as wine. I don't know. But, yeah, typically men have heart attacks younger than women. Okay. Also, women live longer. So that could also play into that's, it. Okay. But yeah, you're right. Uh, women have, or more likely, to have like uncommon symptoms. So anything like nausea, dizziness, fatigue, anything that you feel weird from like the neck down, like your abdomen up, is like your torso. Yeah, anywhere in your torso, like could technically be a heart attack. Like you just a woman feels like. How much like, does that suck? Yeah, I know, right? Like, why the fuck do we get like you're like, oh, I'm like, getting the stomach the most, bug, and then it's like yeah, a heart attack. It's yeah. like. It seems like the most benign, like you're just like, oh, fuck, I have like a weird bug. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it could be something way more sinister. Ooh, I don't like that I used that word in this episode. Okay. Well, (laughs) I know we were with like supple and soft, (laughs) voluptuous, voluptuous. And yeah, it's not as what, like women don't normally get that like arm pain that you think of like, oh, my left arm hurts. Right. You know, that that's the typical thing that everybody knows for a heart attack. So keeping that in mind and being educated about that is important. And that can happen in men too. They might not have the normal symptoms. That's true. Yeah, yeah. E is for education. So educating your family on making healthy food choices that we kind of talked about. Making sure that kids stay active. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, very good. We are in a very sedentary system of living nowadays. A lot of us find ourselves in front of screens a lot, whether we like it or not. And I think that that is, you know... There's always that push. Do you remember when like the Nintendo Wii came out and they had like they oh, were yeah. really promoting like the Wii board and all this stuff like for the physical activity piece? Did you ever do that? I w- I did. Um, we didn't have the Wii board, but we had you would do like I think you could do like a jump rope or something, and they mm-hmm. they definitely had like different workouts. 
even if you like to be in front of the TV all the time, like there are ways that you can go about. And we were even just talking about like the sweat app, which I won't lie, I still have been doing it. Oh, have you? And? I have. I, I don't, still don't hate it, but I don't totally love it but it is certainly something that has like an accountability thing and again I think that there are options for many people to kind of find what fits right but it's again getting the whole family involved in this it's not just a you thing it's easier when you have the support which is why I think that E is so helpful going for walks or hikes or making it a family thing getting kids out there playing sports turkey trots this is why I force my siblings to do their turkey trot with me but it's got to be a lifestyle, you know? But, no, no, I know. And I think that it's actually, my brother has run half marathons now. Nice. My sister has run half marathons and a full marathon with me. My brother-in-law is doing a full marathon. So, you know, I can't take all the credit for it. But I do think that, you know, knowing that there, the family has been through this before and they're supportive of it, I think maybe makes people want to try something new. Yeah, this is true. I like the educate piece. Yeah. You also made it sound like Sesame Street. E is for... C is for for cookie. elephant. Okay, D is for dog. No, D is for don't be silent. There we go. Tell every woman you know that heart disease is the number one killer. And that's what we are doing at DBP. We are telling all the... And everybody. Not just the women. Right. Everyone. Yeah. Interesting Go Red. It's been around for a while. So in 1997, only 30% of women identified heart disease as a leading killer of women. And How many? Only 30% knew 30. that that okay. was the, first, that, the leading killer. 2012, that doubled to 56%. Okay. So the American Heart Association Go Red for Women campaign, which is what we're talking about now, launched in 2003. So they are taking a lot of the credit for that, that increase in awareness. But still... A lot of women, especially young women, don't appreciate the the lethal toll of heart disease. Well, I which think claims that that... more women's lives each year than all forms of cancer combined. That is absurd because we know a lot. We hear a lot. I think breast cancer is mm-hmm. certainly at the top of most people's minds. I think ovarian cancer is really starting to, you know, come up too. The breast cancer, I think there's a huge Komen walk, right? And there are breast cancer walks around the country. Yeah. But you were saying that in September, at least here, there is an annual uh, heart walk, right? American Heart Association does heart walks all over the country. All over the country. So and you so- can go on their website, mm-hmm. uh, www.heart.org. Okay. And find out where the next one in your area is. And if you want to organize one yourself, you can do that too. Oh. Um. And basically, the money all goes to um, American Heart Association funding their science, funding, you know, breakthroughs. So they're saying, you know, like the donations have helped scientists discover the new artificial heart valve. And And I know that you mentioned that there are a number of sort of studies that are still kind of underway because of the controversies that exist and just kind of figuring things out more, like you mentioned you know, identifying if there are certain risk factors that maybe we aren't quite as keen on, Um, you know, if it comes to, you know, more genetic stuff. And those studies are not cheap. I Exactly. And I think (laughs) all medicine is going towards like this personalized approach where we're trying to understand more about the genetic blueprint that everybody has and Mm -hmm. what that means. But you're 
your genes are one thing, your lifestyle is another. Sometimes you're, if you are predisposed to something, changing your lifestyle may help more than the average person who doesn't have a predisposition. Yeah, so you really just want to make sure, you know, that you do all the lifestyle changes you can if you know just live a healthy life with exercise and diet and if you've had a heart attack then definitely talk to your doctor but all these lifestyle changes would apply too so you know we just want to we want to raise awareness for heart it's disease. in your hands some of it yes some of it but yes i agree like we just want to raise awareness because it is it is American Heart Month. Yeah. And the other thing, hashtag too, is Hashtag our hearts. Hashtag our hearts. That's right. Um, the other thing, too, I mean, it's still early in the year. I know that for many people in the country, it's still cold and gross outside, and who wants to go outside? January is over. Thank God. <laughs> but that means that maybe the gyms aren't quite as full, and maybe it's less, I don't know, intimidating to go in places. But maybe you should still think about trying something new to kind of, you know, improve your health here. The other thing is, is don't discount stress. Stress is also a risk factor. So, you know, try, you know, and do yoga or do something. You have a stressful life. You're so zen. Meditate. Be zen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, yes, yes, no, definitely. Stress is a huge factor. I mean, just stress just does so much. Um, stress is a factor, risk factor for everything, I feel yeah. like. Um, the other thing that people don't always think about is sleep apnea. So if you snore a lot, you might want to get a sleep study, go talk to your doctor, because sleep apnea can lead to heart disease as well. Oh. Uh, so. I did not know that. Bottom line is, if you don't know your numbers, go get your blood pressure and your cholesterol checked and your blood sugar. and Get your numbers. Get, get your, your digits. Numbers, get your digs. And again, we're going to bring this back to the Tinder app. You know, get your digits. <laughs> Love yourself and take care of yourself. Educate people. And, you know, if you want to do a walk, try and raise money and awareness, then I highly recommend doing an American Heart Association Heart Walk. Yeah. Find Good one near you. Get a group of friends. Hey, you're exercising. I know. And then, yeah. And it's just a walk. It's not like a run. You don't have to feel like you're, you got to race to the finish line. As long as you start and finish, that's it. That's all that matters. All right. So should we get back yes. to our delicious I need to actually... wine? You know what? Does the label have like a stethoscope on it? No, this right that? here. Yeah, that is actually like one of the American Medical Association. Oh, um, um excuse me. I feel like does yeah. the AMA know that because or oh, not, it's similar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, um, they may not be okay with that, but no, no. it's the common um, symbol for medicine. I just can't remember what it's called. Well, it's a heart with a thing through it, which is slightly different, right? Yes. Yeah. No, it's the cut. It's called the caduceus or something like that, and it's it's basically like the 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 two snakes winding around the winged staff. It's a symbol of medicine. But it's not because it's not a snake. No, but it's got the wings. So it's similar. Yes, it's similar. It's got based off of that. They exactly. I think it pulls the cardiology 
They meth. probably can't use. I'm assuming. I'm sure that they can't use it. Yeah, That's but it is similar point. to that. So it's it's showing those wings that you see in that. All right. So back to the wine. Yeah. It is a delicious. I'd say it's it's kind of garnet. This wine when is. You think about this wine is. It's a little garnet colored. Uh, maybe not quite garnet, but it's it's like a, almost brickish. Ooh, there's a little bit of sediment brick. in here. Well, brick, I don't know. Brick always makes it sound like it's slightly brownish or orangish, but this is like, it's not quite ruby. It's not, maybe it's just red. I think garnet sounds prettier though. Yeah, it's medium bodied. Lots of that cherry, cranberry on the nose. I think you get, again, more of that herby, herbiness. Yeah. They say the red fruits are in toasty mocha flavors and there's a creamy mouthfeel. Also, spicy aromas with layers of cranberry, cherry cola, and violet. Oh, cherry cola. Smooth I and rounded that. on the palate with great acidity, display notes of red licorice, black cherry, and roasted nuts, followed by a lengthy finish. That is the winemaker's notes. I don't think I agree with the roasted nuts. You could say roasted something, but not nuts. Nuts makes it sound like it's oxidized and just kind of more like of like... Like that tawny part we just had. Yeah. Like that's what I think of. I get tart cherry. I get the red fruits. I, I kind of get the cranberry. I'm not 100% sold on that, but I do get a little bit of that. I do think it's a little spicier than a normal, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mocha, I guess I could, maybe you could argue that that comes from the oak flavor. Mm-hmm. Creamy mouthfeel, I don't really get. I actually get a fair amount of tannin. Like this is almost like a medium tannin. But I also think it's the acidity that you're feeling as well. Oh, that's just like picking it up? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I enjoy this. Oh, fine. I recommend it. I appreciate you getting it for I us love that the drink. label's red because most of their labels are like white or like a beige-ish color. Yeah. So this just helps us reiterate our go red. Mm. So good. So take care of yourselves, love yourselves. Have a happy and healthy heart. Take care of your ticker. I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, Jesus. Ta-tas. Okay, ta-ta for now. (laughs) Bye, guys. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.